Welcome to Plato's Gravity. I'm Aaron. And I'm running the risk of making out with Aaron every time that I speak into the microphone, so I might be a little more quiet today. Um, he's really insecure about this. Really what happened is one of our mic cables is broke. So Jason you and I... You told me last time that you had someone... And by the way, I almost totally just almost made out with him. But you told me that on the last episode when I couldn't show up that they, the brewers were giving me shit for making out with my dog. They, they in fact, did that on and then, episode six. You haven't listened to it yet. So like, but here's the thing is like if I end up making out with you on an episode, then like... Then we can never go back to Center Point Brewing ever again. Which, like... It was sad, so I don't want to do that. So I just want to—I I want to let the listeners know that, like, th- there's there's a chance. Are you, you going to say your name? Jason. Jason. All right, fantastic. <laughs> so this is Jason. Uh, welcome to Plato's Gravity. We're really excited to do. Uh, we are on site at Fortlandia Nano Brewery in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I am here with Dan, Jerry, Ken, and Sam. Uh, we are all splitting three mics. Uh, if you're good at counting at home, you know that's six people and three mics. So it's going to be a little fun today. So we apologize for any audio quality issues, but we still plan to have a lot of fun talking about uh, this nano brewery in planning. I um, It's actually really hard for me to get started on the episode today because I really would just like to like stand and admire the Spike brewing system behind me. So if we can start by uh, talking about how you guys chose to go with Spike. We, actually, that, why don't we that, do? That's why bullshit. don't we? We need to do introductions because yeah. otherwise they're not going to know who you're listening to. So, uh, Dan, Dan with uh, Fortlandia. Dan, uh, Dan, can you tell us just so they can get used to the sound of your voice? Can you tell us what the your favorite beer that you never that you didn't brew is? My favorite beer that I didn't brew. What a jerk question. Uh, I gotta say that's probably uh, Ken's Maple Scottish Ale. <laughs> Ken's Maple Scottish Ale is that going to be available on opening day? I don't know if it'll be an opening day. It's definitely something we plan to have, though. Sweet. Sweet. Fantastic, Jerry. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry, and then uh, what's your... Um, I'm doing a terrible job with questions. Jerry, what's, <laughs> we'll ask you the same question. What's your favorite beer that you did not brew? Oh, it's uh, definitely Dan's uh, Dreamsicle IPA. Ooh, sure. Dreamsicle <laughs> IPA. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's they, they planned it before the show because Dan really wanted to mention that Dreamsicle IPA. I know. <laughs> it's liquid crack. <laughs> liquid crack. All right. All right. Ken? Yes. Same question. Welcome to the show, by the way. Is it okay if I give you two? Yeah, sure. Why not? There's no rules. No. I'm giving you two whether you like you it or not. You can do one or you can do five. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do one or five. No, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with the Orange Dreamsicle IPA. But I think one that we kind of forget is um, Jerry's here, powerhouse barley wine that'll sneak up on you, knock on your ass, and yeah, you, in the morning you're figuring out what the heck you did. No, I, I'm all about like a barley wine, but I, I gotta say, like if a barley wine sneaks up on you, that's that's on you. <laughs> like we all know what that is, right? <laughs> well, see, barley wine people are used to maybe a 10, 12 percent. This guy has an 18 percent. Oh and you, shit! And you, you don't. Yeah, you, I think that's you know, like barley know. liquor. <laughs> Jesus. But it sneaks up like. <laughs> All right, Sam, let us know what your favorite beer is and what you sound like. Yeah, so uh, my favorite beer is... I'm going to have to go with Jerry's Barley Wine as well. All right, fantastic. Yeah, I had that at a Christmas party a couple of years ago. Barley Wine is such an interesting thing. Like, is that going to end up in, uh, in the system? I mean, that might be a more difficult or challenging it, thing to do. It will. It, uh, it has to spend about 11 months in a barrel uh, to, uh, to age out. But it's, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely make it into the Fortlandia lineup. 
So if I'm uh, really, if I'm living in Fort Wayne or even if I'm living close to Fort Wayne or in Indianapolis and I want to take the two hours drive north to get some great beer. You in, do live in Indianapolis. In early spring, <laughs> uh, when you guys plan to open, like what, do I, what should I expect from, uh, from your tap room on opening day? Say a pretty uh, eclectic mix of beers. I mean, we have we're gonna have something for everyone. I mean, we're gonna have lagers from Kent's side. We're gonna have hoppy beers. Probably have some fruited sours. Maybe some double IPAs, IPAs. Um, maybe a few dark beers as well. But we're hoping to have what 10, 10 beers well, on I tap. Probably have with. up to fifteen taps. Fifteen taps. All right. That was, that was mm-hmm. my next question. So fifteen taps all at one time, and you guys will get those full on opening day. That's the plan. How, how many <laughs> of those are guest taps? Any of them? No. no. Okay. Zero. Fifteen. Oh, you beautiful people. You. <laughs> Not trying to be mean, but when you're starting out, you we can't really put any guest taps on until we get more into like having a restaurant permit because you can't really serve somebody else's product until you do that. Oh, interesting. Right. And so later on, when we you know as we grow, we would like to do that, and of course, put you know put some extra taps on for you know our brothers and sisters out here with you know with other breweries in the area. Yeah. So the the plan is eventually to have guest taps. Yes. Fantastic. So, how many how many years of homebrewing experience do we have at the table, not counting Jason and me? Well, he, Jerry here has got the most yeah. most home. Yeah, I started experience. in the '90s and uh, with like dry yeast and I, shit. I also I like the <laughs> idea that if you add my years in, it actually becomes negative. Uh, <laughs> lose some experience. It's like I don't actually. I just watch Aaron <laughs> brew most of the time. Yeah, I started in the '90s, '92, uh, I believe it was. In dry yeast, or uh, as I like to say, one year post. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, started with a with a McDonald's uh, pickle bucket, which made my first beer, which was an IPA, oh. taste a lot like dill pickles. I, could, <laughs> <laughs> I think you could probably like, sell that today. Oh, probably. I've I could never seen replicate one. it. I've yeah, seen a sure. pickle gosa. I was gonna say, add a little salt in there. You're good to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's ninety two. Anybody? How, how long you guys been brewing this? Wait, but 90, so 92, but that's, uh, you started up all grain? I did I mean, not do all grain okay. at that point. Now, it was, there wasn't a lot available in the area here as far, I mean, you basically had uh, cans of wort and that was about it okay. uh, that was available. So, I mean, it was, I, I was new to the th- new to it and I it was just, just learning. That's like, it's the, it's a weird thing where I feel like the people we talk to who have been in it for two or three years, a lot of them have started up on all grain systems. And that seems so weird to me because most, Mm -hmm. like when I started, everyone started doing extract beer. (laughs) And like, it's just, it's nice. It's refreshing to feel like, oh, I'm not alone. No, (laughs) that's 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 pretty much everybody that does it. Cause um, you know, we're, we're all members of Fort Wayne mash club which is the homebrew club of fort wayne awesome and you know i've been i've been president of that club for this is my third year and everybody that you talk to i mean they're all starting out like you know like you said with the basics of the basics which is going to be your extracts you're not going to be doing you're not going to be getting a cooler for you know doing the all grain um some people even start it with the mr beer if you remember that thing yeah i mean so many people start with with that mr beer kit Mm -hmm. what's the other one that comes up a lot uh, the Cooper's, Cooper's. Kids. Cooper's, yeah. Uh, they have the pre-hop ports. You don't even have to. Uh, you don't even have to use a fucking yeah, timer on Kool-Aid. Today. You can just. Yeah. <laughs> so ninety-two. So 92. Uh, yeah, my first kit was borrowed from the Tools of Early Man exhibit at the Smithsonian. <laughs> 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 Some DC beer. J- Jason's completely in the weather today. So. No, yeah. Dan, Dan and I actually um, 
And Sam, did you start? Did you start about the same time Dan did? Yeah, I started like you? a year or two after. Dan. Okay, me and Dan have been growing about six years. Okay, nice. So we're not nearly as archaic as this guy here, but yeah, we, Ex- I think we both started experience. on extract kits. We too, did, right? yeah, yeah, I did. So I did. Go ahead. No, no, no I, I did one extract kit, mm-hmm. but Jason was sort of my brew ambassador. We have a term for the guy who got you into brewing, or the gal who got you into brewing. Jason was my brew ambassador, so we did one extra, but I didn't do a kit because I'm too arrogant to do a kit. <laughs> so I would like just bought my own extract. I was like, I'm gonna put this much of this in and this much of that in. And I was trying to make an IPA and then it turned out to be a red IPA because <laughs> that's what Maltetrek does. Right. Uh, so was, I didn't realize we have about 40 years of brewing experience. Yeah, if you put it all together, yeah, sure. We'll put us all together. Yeah. 40 years? That's awesome. I feel like that goes on the sign. <laughs> yeah. 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 40 years of brewing experience. Jason, they have to change it every year. <laughs> yeah, we, don't want, we, don't want, we don't want to be McDonald's. Just put the little squiggly line right in front of it. It's about 40 years. Till, till, till the 40 years of experience. So that, um, so you 92, uh, think, well, hold on. We didn't talk about you. Where, oh, you guys all, so you guys are all six years. So you're talking about when you start in 92, where do you even get ingredients at that point? I... I actually found some at the grocery stores. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, and uh, one of the uh, local liquor stores had cans of wort. Uh, right. And I mean, it was just piecemeal. It was just, I, w- I was winging it. I mean, are you using bread yeast at this point, or what are you using? To no, I, I mean, I actually found brewer's yeast. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, no airlock. We used, a, I taped a cotton ball over a hole I drilled in the top of the bucket. All and, right. and, uh, it, that, that, I'm guessing that's not as pretty when it starts to bubble. <laughs> Oh no! But <laughs> and, 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 but it made the closet that I put it in smell wonderful. Yeah, that's a, that's awesome. Now you mentioned that you're the president of the homebrew club. Uh, yes. So I think what's interesting, I think a lot of times when we have our homebrew club members go on to open breweries, they obviously because they're busy as shit with their brewery, they kind of disappear from the club. Have you mm-hmm. guys noticed kind of yourselves pulling away from the club? And is, oh no. Uh, no, no, we got very, very um, tight with the club. Okay, nice. Uh, the only thing that's going to change is next year I'm not going to be president anymore because I'm not going to be able to handle those duties. Right, I imagine longer, that's... But still going to be regular, you know, regularly involved with it and bring beers to the club, you know, for feedback. And we're even going to try to keep ties with the club as far as being able to come here, do special things with us here. He doesn't realize it, but we're going to nominate him as court jester. Though. <laughs> court, court jester? Does it come with silly clothes? <laughs> I hope so. That's fantastic. So clown shoes. So I imagine you guys are still homebrewing now, but it's sort of homebrewing to develop the recipes you guys are going to start with. Yeah, definitely. Are you guys doing that separately, or do you guys have like a system you guys have purchased together that, that to, to try to get some consistency or whatever? We're still doing it separate. I mean, this, this thing with this nano brewery, I mean, it's... It's only three times bigger than my current batch size. Sure. And so, I mean, it, there's not a whole lot of scaling up. So we figure if we get the recipes dialed in on the homebrew scale, it shouldn't be too tough to translate that to a commercial scale here. Right. Minus the little hop utilization bit. Right. right. Yeah. But, I mean, our, our chilling should be super efficient. So, I mean, the hop utilization shouldn't really even be an issue for us. Okay. Uh, so with, when you chill, what are you going to – I see the, the coils back there. What do you – are you just chilling with the... That's actually going to be the Herms coil. Oh, okay, um, nice. So we're actually going to be using plate chillers in line. Oh, sweet. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Look at me, I'm a little brew in a bag. I'm like, you guys are going to use a wart chiller, right? Oh, fuck no. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> how, how, uh, how far out are you guys to, uh, to getting some wart in that bad boy? 
Uh, really, we're just waiting on the, the last of the approvals to come through. So before we can do the, the inspection, we need to get our construction completed. So that's kind of the biggest variable for us. I mean, we've had a lot of things fall in our favor and and that's something we're working through right now it's it's and one thing that was a little bit outside of our control and so. realistically we could brew beer in that right now but we couldn't sell it right we couldn't officially sell it until we get everything construction and inspection have to get all that done but as soon as we get the construction done in this room here you know in the brewery we'll be able to start using that and doing some test batches just to season our equipment you know and start start playing around with it, but it just won't, won't be able to sell it yet until we get to that point. So what do you do with 30 gallons of beer that you can't sell? I mean, there's four of you guys. You guys going to come back up? Might be able to help. <laughs> take baths. <laughs> take, take baths. That's awesome. It's, the, thing about, the thing is, when you have a brewing podcast, you already have enough beer. Did you, did you say yes? Yes. <laughs> we're gonna come back. Yes, we're gonna. Well, I mean, we are. I don't like hearing enough beer. We talked about how we wouldn't talk about this on the show, Jason. There was there was a thing. Uh, I was I was at the doctor. I don't know if you can tell. I'm, I'm I'm a little under the weather, and I was at a doctor recently, and he asked me like, "Do you drink alcohol?" And I laughed, which was kind of probably rude, but like I just mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't in my head. I was like, "Well, you know me. I clear." And he's never seen me before. Why would he know that I'm <laughs> I drink too much? But um, I I said yeah probably, and he said. I don't know. He said some joke about like you basically can't drink too much, and he was Irish, and he was really fit in a stereotype that I didn't want to. I he was a he's a great doctor. It's my type of doctor. Yeah, it's a very enjoyable experience and has nothing to do with this podcast. Mm. So there's four of you guys uh, <laughs> o- opening up a nano a nano brewery, uh, which a lot of our listeners may be sort of interested to to try to oh, do to to try to do on their own. But I'm kind of interested like. Um, you guys are part of a big homebrew club. There's, there's probably a lot of folks you know that are into brewing that you guys are, are, are friends with. Uh, whose idea was this and why you four? You know, it's kind of funny about that. It really wasn't one person's idea. But um, we've been going to, like I mentioned earlier, we've been going to Brew Haven, which is a local, you know, homebrew. It's not homebrew. It's actually a local um, festival All right. where like 70-some brewers they have coming from. Pour? Um, we do have we as Mash Club we were able to have a booth there. Okay. And pour homebrew, which was always like the biggest attraction at the festival every year. We'd have twenty, thirty some different beers listed on chalkboards, all brewed by homebrewers. And that was one of the one of the booths that was available at the festival. But you know, most of it was like, you know, your all your ones in the area, like, you know, like within a hundred mile radius would be coming in here and have booths. And um re- the reason it came up is a, this is probably the second festival in a row. I was kind of talking with Dan and Sam, and we were discussing all the beers that were available from like the ones that are commercial breweries. And it's like, you know, repeatedly, you know, I, I have to say that the beers that we are bringing to our homebrew club are consistently better than most of these ones that are being sold commercially. Right. You know, we could, you could tell that when you taste them side by side, even... You know, a lot of the customers that went to these festivals, you know, they'd come up and say, you guys, you know, this is the best beer here. You know, they'd stand in line to try them all. And we kind of got talking last, was August at Brewhaven. I was like, you know, I mean, we've been saying this. Well, you know, we kind of mutually just kind of looked at each other like, why not give this a go? All right, yeah. You know, we have we have great beer. You know, we already, we've won several awards and most, a lot of people already tell us that it's way better than what they're buying. So why not? You know, why not give it a go? Yeah, absolutely. So this this area of Fort Wayne, what is the brew scene like here? 
It's actually pretty much exploded the last couple of years. I don't know, Sam, if you wanted to take that. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say there's six breweries, okay. I think, here in town. And before, what, three or four years ago, there was one? Yeah. Okay. And one of the, the cool things, it's all our friends that started in MASH that are now opening their own breweries. Oh, nice. How many non-MASH breweries are there? Matt Anthony's? Happy Gnome? <laughs> well, oh, yeah, Happy Gnome's yeah, not maybe. MASH. Well, that's pretty much everyone else. Name. Yeah. It's kind of a trick question. Like, every one of them mash, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, they're all doing extract. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys... Maybe you guys can just produce some extract for them. You get some contract extract brewing. I think that's part of the business model, right? I actually looked into that uh, canned wort before I realized they they just came out with one not too long ago where they're just canning wort for starters, and I thought that'd be a pretty good market opportunity because I hate making starters, and, you know, all we have to... could you... Did you sell canned wort for starters uh, with your test matches? That's a good question. Did we just? I don't know. know. We'll see. I guess. So this is. (laughs) That was actually not Jason doing a sound effect. He (laughs) he doesn't like to edit. No, I might. uh, We'll see. I might spice this up with some car horns and things. You guys don't mind. I'm gonna pull out a couple samples so we can yeah we're actually re- we're actually remiss we normally start the, the the show with a beer but our technical difficulties got us a little out of the out of the notion so so be- bear in mind uh aaron brought this up earlier whatever beer we drank first is the name of the episode and i'll give you a story um we had a a, a guy on we've had uh, lots of guys on in fact we'd like to have more women well, on the, but it's hard the, to the find one with the, the one with the name <laughs> The one with the name? The, oh, yeah, uh, Joe Clark. Joe Clark. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Clark um, had us. He had a Vivant Brewing. You guys, are you guys familiar with the Vivant Brewery yeah. lineup? Yeah. Hey, that's beautiful. Hola. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry, thank so you. Like, so he didn't know that we named the episode. Usually we just have a beer. And he didn't realize we named the episode after the first beer that we drank. And we always let the guests pick the beer. And so he picked uh, Big Red Cock. <laughs> and so, like now, so, he will episode. forever live on uh, iTunes as uh, Big Red Cock with Joe Clark. That's the name of the episode: Big Red Cock <laughs> with Joe Clark. It's very that's really, awesome. It's very arrogant, I think, of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of funny because they're talking about the competitions, and I entered a beer in um, Brewers Cup this year that took first place in the in the Martin Division. Okay, and I and I named it a Cocktoberfest. Uh, Cocktoberfest? I love that. Is that going to get approved for labels? I don't think it's going to go any further than that. (laughs) But it was beautiful because when you went down there, it's like on the big screen down there, and the lady up there has to announce what the beer winners are, and that was... Yeah. Makes makes it special. So what? what, uh, So what is this? What are we drinking? It's hold on, Aaron. Tell me what you think it is. Don't ask any questions. They're in Grolsch bottles, which I I love the Grolsch. I just have people at work bring them in to me now. Because I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever had Grolsch. I don't think I've had Grolsch before either. But the bottles are 100% <laughs> worth saving. Oh yeah. This is this is cerveza para ingenio. So it's a Mexican lager. Yes. Yeah. Oons. You got it. I, I mean, you guys told me the name. I, if I didn't guess Mexican lager after you named that beer, or moreover, <laughs> if you guys named a beer, like this is a cream ale. It's called what, what's the name? Mm-hmm. This is this is not a, this isn't a cream ale here. I, I, I know. I was kidding. <laughs> what's the name of it? One more time. Cerveza Perajeno. Cerveza Perajeno. If you name a cream ale, Cerveza Perajeno, like you just get fired. Like your brewery closes <laughs> you want, the first day. You want to decipher that for him? Oh, uh, it, it's beer for geniuses. Beer for. <laughs> oh, you know what? 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's going to be my favorite episode name from and, now on. And had we been geniuses, we probably would be able to speak some Spanish, and we would have known that. But clearly, we're not. I cannot. I, I cannot speak Spanish. German, a little bit. Yeah, I speak German, 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 We'll edit that out. The audience. It goes back to it goes back to the October. Then. The audience is not. Yeah, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the audience does not give a shit. So do you, do you know how many people, you know people are in Fort Wayne? I'm sorry. Do you know how many people are in Fort Wayne? Like I think it's like population? between 250 and 300,000. Oh, yeah. You do know the sized. population. Yeah, they wrote That's, a business plan, Jason. They, they had to know. You know, honestly, <laughs> uh, a city that big can probably do. It's, it's There's crazy. no way you know the answer to the no, question you just posed. Yourself. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, this, so this was the thing: is I feel like every once in a while, I feel like Indianapolis has too many breweries. Indianapolis is maybe double the size. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like maybe ish. a little bit bigger, maybe um, a million-ish. Yeah, that's right. Like if you include like the I don't know. The, I think it's like six hundred thousand like in the city, but that doesn't count the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Right. So every every once in a while I feel like Indianapolis is oversaturated Dan's with breweries. And then another one opens up and then it just doesn't close. Like I feel like I'm always surprised how many I feel like you're at a good spot with as many breweries as are here to be opening up, right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I've spoke with a few of the other brewery owners around here. We're kind of, we're of the belief that we're about a third of the way towards saturation. Okay, okay. that seems two hundred sixty-six thousand for Fort Wayne. Two hundred sixty-six thousand for Fort Wayne. Okay, we'll keep. We'll uh, wait for Dan on the update for Indianapolis. I, I mean, I, I kind of disagree with Jason anyway. I think, um, especially if you're opening a, a nano brewery and you make great beer, like. It's not like you guys are rocking 30 barrels a batch and you have to turn this beer out and you have to get outside of Fort Wayne to, to, to make a profit. I mean, the what I've sort of been fascinated by, it's that's really good. I'm not going to have more, but it's... I, I feel like even though it's like 28 it's, degrees outside, I should cu- I should go out and cut your grass and then come back in and drink that. Yeah, this is like 4.5%, so you're, you're, you're all right with this. That'd be a two and a half oh, minute job. <laughs> Indy's 873,000. 873,000 for Indy, yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like by the by those numbers, you guys have a long, a long way to go. Yeah, well, and I... I also I like the idea like nano breweries in general uh, like the neighborhood brewery idea the my only caveat is I thought that there's a brewery uh, close to my house right there it's and they opened it as a neighborhood brewery and then uh, a few years in because you know you want to turn a profit they became bigger and they started distributing and stuff and I think that that's great no uh, black Black acre I love you guys Jason but, is a super black acre acre fanboy. So, did you guys was 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 one barrel always? Uh, they're good. I mean, it's worth it. Well, the, no, the the idea though of it being a neighborhood brewery of just serving its place in that. I love that idea, just as a concept. That's so. It, there was but, no by point. by the by the transitive property of beer uh, uh, fanboyness. Jason loves you guys. Thank you for opening your nano brewery. <laughs> did you guys ever think about opening a different size? We did. I think we've gone through a number of different Mm -hmm. ideas as far as, you know, our business model and how we wanted to run it. And I mean, part of what we landed on is we want to self-finance. We don't want to be in in huge amounts of debt. That's awesome. Um, And we want to grow organically. So, I mean, now those were two of the core ideas that kind of led us to. So you're going to have organic beer. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What is, uh, actually, that's kind of a good, it's. Uh, what are the are the other breweries here in town distributing? Are they also nano breweries? I'm trying to think. What would I have had from Fort Wayne? 
No, we're actually going to be the only true nano brewery. Okay. You know, in the area, you know, which is you know one barrel. I mean, a small a small batch of course. You know, it's a nano brewery, but yeah. the ones you've probably had from Fort Wayne, you've you know, Mad Anthony's. I'm guessing. I've had Mad, which is which has been here longer than any of the other. Okay. You know, you know, micro breweries in town, and that is like an old. Like I feel like when I. Yes, I think they started. Matt Anthony started about two or three years after Jerry did. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I doubt if I was inspiration for that. They were like, "Man, that dill pickle! That fucking let's get some of that dill." Pickle. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the only one you'd see distribution outside of Fort Wayne, or at least to Indy at this okay. point. I know a lot of them are starting to distribute, but haven't really got outside the Northeast Indiana okay. area. I was really surprised by your answer. I thought you guys got this this uh, retired pizza shop, and you're like, "Fuck! All we can fit under the hood is a one barrel system." So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's kind of so. This space. Uh, uh, what other spaces were you looking at when you decided here's the brewery? Oh. We looked at several. I mean, we even looked at like older older warehouses. You know, newer a farm. Yeah, a car a farm, wash. Newer warehouses. We looked all over a the car place. Wash. A car okay. wash. Yeah. Drive through beer in Indiana. This, this place yeah. kind of fell into our lap. I mean, we were we weren't even looking at this place, but you know, talking about festivals. And I don't know if you know Deer Park Tavern. That's literally like mm. right down the street from us. Two minutes. Well, the owner of Deer Park, you know, is also the owner of this building. And he, he had a festival down there. And, of course, the, you know, our MASH club had a booth there as well. Sweet. We got talking to him, and he was drinking some of our beers. And, you know, he was all about it. He loved the beers that we had. You know, absolutely loved them. And we kind of mentioned to him that we were kicking this around. This is earlier, probably in the spring, late spring, we're talking to him, that we're getting something started. But we're looking for a facility. He's like, I got a spot for you. He said, look, right down the street, when do you want to look at it? I was like, let's go now. Right. Yeah, so he came came on down, looked at it when it was all a pizza place at the time. And he, you know, and he already liked us, liked the product, and he cut us an unbelievable deal. And we're like, let's do it. That's awesome. So I, and I think, about. like, that, I mean, for the listeners can't see the hood. We might take a picture and put it in the shotes. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> we'll uh, take we'll, we'll take a picture and put it in the show. We'll take a picture and put it in, in the shows. But it's I sort of I walked in and he was like, "Yeah, this hood we're gonna use. There's already gas line running to it. We can you know move this one barrel system right underneath it." And then I was like, "Man, how much would one of those cost in my basement?" <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, my wife Kelly doesn't listen to the podcast, so there's there's no threat. <laughs> that's it. That's actually a natural fit. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a perfect fit for us, and one of the things we're we're loving is when we're brewing, we know the whole neighborhood's gonna know. Yeah, oh, it's I, gonna smell so fucking good. <laughs> there is actually um, you can you can tell like Sun King when they have a brew day because it, the entirety of downtown Indianapolis smells like uh, barley. He- heaven. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> nice. Well, it's actually kind of maple syrupy, like the further mm-hmm. away you go, and which is also quite nice. It's a uh, it's a good thing to have around. It's there are worse smells. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So you guys are used to brewing for like other people. You're pouring at festivals and doing mm-hmm. things like that. So you guys have like a sense of the uh, of the feedback. And I imagine when you go to open your own brewery, there there's maybe a site, or I can if I'm projecting what I would feel onto you all. Maybe maybe I'm fucking wrong, but there's like a sense. Hey, well, these recipes have to be like tip top. So can you talk about how your your brewing has changed since you decided to open? Have you been rebrewing stuff more than you would have to try to dial it in, or have you kind of kept the same like experimental homebrew type spirit that you had going in? What I'm brewing is based on what I think we're gonna sell. Sure, you know, you know, where I used to just brew for beers my wife likes or beers I like. Sure, you know, I was almost brewing exclusively hoppy beers because my wife is a big hop head, and that's really how I was able to justify, 
you know, all the brew days is, oh, well, you'll get to take, you get to have some of this. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say it's changed a little bit just as far as, you know, brewing what I think we're going to sell and what's going to sell well for us. So just for you, what's the, the I, I imagine you've been brewing up a, a storm recently. Uh, is there a beer that you brewed because you thought it would sell and that you liked more than you thought you would? I'd say the Dreamsicle. I'm not, it's not my favorite beer. Um, everyone else seems to really like it, but I've been brewing that a lot for festivals and stuff because we've gotten some really good feedback and a lot of people seem to like it. Yeah. Any, uh, you expecting any C and D's on the name of that bad boy? Yeah. I mean, we haven't, I don't know that we're going to come to market with that exact name. I mean, we haven't really talked about that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's a few already named that. Yeah. What is right. what is the C and D? Cease and desist, Jason. The and starts with an A. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what we were missing from the last episode? Me? And I didn't say Damn it, Jason once the whole, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> So any of you, have you guys changed? Have you guys changed up like like the things you're brewing, or has your approach to brewing varied? In, well, I'll in a tell way you what, done? I haven't really changed up what I'm brewing, but I, I guess what I have been brewing is what people say is awesome. Okay. You know, so I'm like, okay, they say it's awesome. Ones that have won awards and had you know had a lot of great feedback. So that's I've probably been concentrating more on those beers or different variations of those beers. And as far as um, changing what I've done since we decided to go pro, not really changing, but I've done a lot more documenting. Sure. You know, like every step, I might be taking readings that I wouldn't have taken before just because I want to know how things are changing every two days versus like every week. Right. You know, which might be, you know, kind of handy information when you're getting into more of a pro level. Yeah, at this scale, you know are you guys able to invest in any type of lab equipment, or, or is that something that's not going to be possible until down the road? It's something we plan to do. So, I mean, we're going to build it. We're going to start off just with some basics, um, you know, and as our budget allows for it, we're going to continue to, you know, build onto that. I mean, the, 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 so the setup that you've got here is not necessarily that much bigger than what you're brewing at home. So you haven't had to change suppliers right now like you can still go through the same channels you were before we could we likely will not though, okay. just based on you know cost Martin? um so with you know through the different you know brewer supply group and some of the other uh, vendors you know it's just much more cost effective as far as sourcing our ingredients this is delightful yeah. there, there's another beer that just happened to enter my face region <laughs> it, um, it is a martin beer it's fucking delicious yeah, it's Thank really you. good yeah. Uh, we uh, every year for the past like how long have we been brewing together? Like three years. Three years. I couldn't tell if he was counting to three or flipping me off. Um, <laughs> I have been, uh, for the past three years. I feel like every uh, one, at least once or twice a year, Aaron and I are like we're gonna do an Oktoberfest this year. We've never done one, but we're absolutely like, like, like I can just never get, I always have a beer. So I have like one freezer, uh, which is, it doubles as my kegerator and my fermentation place. So I can't do two things at one time and it's never lined up. Studies show that no one can do two things at one time. I think we should point that out to the... I can't even walk and chew gum. I'm a great unit I can't pet two dogs at once. (laughs) I I forget to breathe sometimes. A popular popular home brewing device would suggest that it can mash and boil at the same time. That's, That's the mash and boil. Oh, I, actually, I think maybe it does it at different times. It does say, how, does, how does that work? It does both things. It's the mash and boil. It can what you're doing things. two batches, you know, you could make that yeah. happen. Yeah, so, so whose who's beer is this? This is mine. Yeah. This is yours. This yep. is your October. The one that you entered in competition recently? Yeah, it is. This is Cocktoberfest? This is Cocktoberfest. This is Cocktoberfest. I'm so glad that you didn't give us this first. 
<laughs> you don't want to have to name it after that? Actually, uh, Joe Clark's episode had a lot of downloads. So maybe. <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> uh, internet, you're, hor- you're horrifying. And I love you. Uh, but Jesus. I, I feel like, you know, I like... October is one of my favorite styles. We haven't brewed it. And in fact, actually, we're not going to make one next year. I lied. We're going to make a Roush beer based off the Oktoberfest. So mm. we're going to smoke it just because Kelly really wants that. Why don't we do both? Because uh, it's just... You no go room. heavy smoke, like a big hammy Oktoberfest? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But what, I, I don't know that we need to discuss this on air, but why don't we just like like do a double brew day? Come on now. You, you know that when we do double brew days, one of the batches suffers. Because we get tired. We don't drink. We don't drink until the end. We do yeah. almost exclusively double brew days when we oh, homebrew, and yeah. we're a mess by the end. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you, do you guys are are you is it take are you guys it takes beer to make beer, guys, or are you drinking at the end, or well, what's the deal? We've been scaling back since we decided to go pro. We're like, <laughs> we're not, realistically, we're not going to be drinking every there day. There was one day that there. we didn't drink at all, and it went fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was a completely different experience. Yeah. And I definitely go by a rule: is I never never crack a beer until boil. I think that's a, that, that's pretty similar to what we do. Mm-hmm. We don't subscribe yeah. to that. See, I don't even call it <laughs> yeah. drinking, so I can do it at any time. I call well, it research. Yeah. Re- research. Yeah. Well, Dan actually has the has the same rule, but he he just boils the the mash in water and then waits for it to cool down. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figure I'm, my calculations might be a little bit off if I start like at mash. Yeah. Well, I mean, so if, you, if you start with that barley wine that sneaks up on you, you may need. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, but this this Oktoberfest, like I love Oktoberfest. We every year we go to the store and we buy all the 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 sort of the bigger mm-hmm. the bigger crappery Oktoberfest, and we have a lineup and it's fantastic. And this like is everything you want it to be. So when you got when you guys open, if you don't have this on tap, you should have it on tap soon after you open, and then everyone should come to drink it. It's fucking fantastic. The Mexican lager was also good, but this is fucking fantastic. Thank you. I really like the, Thank the you. it was. Yeah. Mm. It's got like it's got like the little like the, the caramelly bite that you want it to have, but it's not overpowering and it doesn't like stay like my f- a lot of times you'll drink like an Oktoberfest and that like caramelly bite will just stay with you after you're done mm-hmm. drinking it and that's never mm-hmm. as good as when it's just right there in the front. Appreciate that. And so that's that's kind of the one thing I said I'm going to bring to the table is the lagers, yeah, which aren't the exciting beers. The exciting beers are the fruited sours and the rip your face off IPAs and things that are out there. But this is going to bring in the person. That may decide to start crossing over and trying other Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Well, I, I honestly, when when craft breweries started coming back to uh, loggers, because mm. for a long time it was just like we're gonna literally hop you until you die, which right. I'm all right, I'm all right with. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's I good. Like it's good sometimes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. hops yep. I'll take it for a while. I'm a big fan of the the German pilsners that have been coming back because mm-hmm. like you get it's not uh, you get a nice lager, but it's not bereft of hops. Yeah. Yep, and we're gonna have that too. We'll have a nice pilsner we're gonna put on. So, so you guys are you guys rocking? Are you guys chilling the fermenters uh, like each individual? Or are you guys rocking a cold room or how's that going down? Each individually. All right, sweet. And that's where uh, Jerry's really able to work his magic. He's got a lot of uh, experience in HVAC and. I don't know if you want to talk a little about. I want to hear about it. Like, how are we? You got these big fermenter deals. How are you? Because you guys aren't using like glycol. So, what are you guys doing? We will be using glycol. Oh, look at me just making assumptions. Um, We're making kind of a pseudo jacket on these. Uh, I'm actually using irrigation uh, tubing, and uh, and it will be attached to the outside of the fermenters uh, using two sided uh, thermally conductive tape, and uh, we'll get a. Pretty good, uh, pretty pretty good heat transfer there, and 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 if my calculations are correct, which I'm pretty certain they are. It will uh, 
It'll take about 24 hours to drop 10 degrees. Okay, nice. So we'll be able to you also failed to mention that you stripped down a window AC unit and build a glycol chiller from scratch. Oh, I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for here, for here, yeah. not just for home, yeah? No, no. So, so what do you guys, so, so I'm, I'm curious, so at, at home, like right now, I presume you guys are, are rocking your beers on tap at home, like like how many taps do each of you have in your in your, in your your houses? I have three. Three? I have five. Five? Um, I got five a for Ken. two-tap kegerator, but then I also have a deep freeze and a picnic tap, so I can all right. five, six at a time. Five, six at a time, all right. Mm -hmm. What was the question? How many, how many beers do you have on tap at your house? Or the uh, capacity. I mean, you know, two, two, nice. So between you, between the two of you, you just bring those fifteen taps here, and then you know, we're, you guys pouring from picnic taps here at the bar, or what the? It's gonna go on. <laughs> uh, one picnic tap for all beers. That's <laughs> that's fantastic. I switch it off, yeah. Can you guys, can you guys lace it with diacetyl just so you? Know? <laughs> <I believe. laughs> Let's say that's better scotch. It was intentional. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I looked. We had a beer the other day. Uh, no, we won't talk about that. We don't want to talk bad about people. Movie theater popcorn beer? What? No, it was uh, uh, acetone or yeah, uh, nice. the nice uh, nail polish no, we, we can talk about it because fuck it. It was... Um, <laughs> It was New Holland. It was New Holland, and, and it, was it was from the Knickerbocker, uh, which is their like tap room up in Grand Rapids. And they, they, served, they served it in a crowler, so we're guessing it didn't leave like that. Yeah, it seems like it, it was a uh, it was a really exciting beer. It was a fourteen percent double coconut stout coconut aged stout. in a rum barrel, Ooh. and you could only get it at like the tap room. It was very exciting, and it came back in a crowler. And when we poured it out, it was like drinking kerosene. And it was, hmm. the reviews we read about the beer said that, oh, it doesn't taste like this at all. So we just assumed the vessel probably in transit, because this was maybe a week after it had come home that we actually popped it open and drank it. We're assuming that somewhere in that time, something really awful happened to it, and it was very sad. This so guy. we poured it out, and <laughs> it was, yeah, it's, it was a bummer. So, you got some, so we have a beer with some bread in it? Do we have a beer this bread? Beer? Yeah, bread? No? No. Oh. Not intended. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. There's that. Hang on. Okay. Uh, what is, what is, you need to go ahead and slam that so you don't run behind. Lager, I think. There you go. What is this, Ken? Maybe, maybe I'm going to blame the Oktoberfest that was still in the bottom of my glass. You're going to guess, isn't like it? Like <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't have bread in it either. Well, I'm going to say caramel and then, ah, fuck. You say you want to guess on this one? I guess wrong. What'd you guess? I guess. Brett? Yeah, I guess There's no Brett. Uh, no, I don't, um... Pay attention to the nose more and you'll probably get... get yeah, give me yours. Motherfucker, I am stuffed up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so to you, it doesn't really matter what the hell it is right now. Uh, it's tasty. Yeah, we... Jason and I strike out on this one. It's... I, I, I can drink more, but I can't drink more, so sorry. <laughs> what are we, what are we what are doing, guys? This is a honey lager. Oh, all right, sweet. So we're lagering it up oh, today. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I, it actually, because honey, I feel like when it ferments, mm -hmm. there's a very specific flavor that comes from it. I don't have words for it, but this um, is I it. think it's called mead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if but you I, use like 20 pounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you take out like the residual, like the residual sweetness, because this doesn't have like a ton of residual sweetness. Mm -hmm. It's like dry, adding sugar to dry it out, but we're just adding. Yeah, you know, and honey's a beautiful thing a because it gives you a great nose. You get that honey in it, and it also kicks up your ABV because the yeast loves to eat it and so, yeah, kick it up. All those fermentable sugars. What are we? What are we looking at? So this is a honey lager. This is a. This is just like a light German lager. Okay. 
um, with a, a few pounds of honey oral pulled into it. Okay. To kind what, of what are the bring it up a little bit. This would be a Hallerta. So it's really like a German honey lager. I dig it. Mm-hmm. it, it like... I don't. I feel I, like I can't talk about it anymore because I said I thought I had bread in it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get to talk about the beer anymore. Like I believe beer. I enjoyed. I enjoyed drinking it, but it tasted. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I believe beer is technically liquid bread anyway. Liquid. He said bread, bread though. Yeah, actually, bread. It has bread in it. That's yeah. what I said the whole time. Yes, it has a really nice bready character. I'm sure you use. Yeah, I'm sure you use just a little bit of a toasty malt on that bad boy. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take like a, uh, uh, just a touch of a break here. Uh, we're, uh, we're. I'm gonna put music out. right here. Uh, listeners at home, get ready for the break music. It's gonna be great. Destiny's Child. Uh, Not Destiny's Child. No, I don't. Actually, I don't know if I look like I have that kind of money <laughs> to put Destiny's Child on my hobby podcast. Nobody listens. We can probably get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Just do like some good Metallica or something, so we can get into the heavy beers All next. Right. Actually, we're probably going to come back singing uh, Destiny's Child. So after the break, <laughs> Jason's going to lead us off with some some delicious, fantastic. <laughs> I, I go Survivor. I actually can't do. Well, I can't do Survivor. I can't do Bootylicious because I've already done those. This, this was the thing: is I'm not a very good guitar player. <laughs> I'm not very good at most things, but I'm especially bad at guitar playing. So I had assumed uh, my plan is to eventually learn to play one Destiny's Child song on the guitar, and then actually sing it, and then I will never do another one again. But I haven't done that yet, and I don't have a guitar with me. And I also have literally already done all the songs that I know the chorus to. So I'm sorry, Cat. I am making uh, lemons out of lemons instead of lemonade out of I, lemons. I apologize to That's a Beyonce reference. I, You're welcome. I, 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 I apologize to Dan, Jerry, Ken, and Sam because I feel like they were excited to sing along. <laughs> uh, I am hurt. I yeah. have to admit. We, 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 uh, everybody hurts. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you, you guys are like headlong in, into this, uh, this construction. Um, if you have any like... Uh, has there been something that happened that surprised you that you think people who uh, might try to do the same thing should know about? Probably a few things. I think you just need to, and it shouldn't be a surprise because let's just say sometimes you get into something and people who have done it warn you, yeah, and you don't pay attention as much as you should have. Expect the unexpected. That, and they say, and always expect it to take longer than and you cost anticipate. double. Mm-hmm. They, they, I've heard that advice many cost times. At least yeah. double what you think. It longer will. and cost double. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all in the timing. shipping, right? <laughs> That's how they get you. So for for ingredients, for so you guys are brewing a nano scale. Are you guys like, uh, are you still working with the the homebrew shop? Or are you working with mall suppliers, or how does that work? Have you are you waiting We're still to transition working with our homebrew shop at this point? Yeah. We shout literally have our homebrew. Yeah. What's the name of the brew shop? Said shout out to Brewers Art. Yeah, Brewers Art Supply, who is literally three minutes from us, like right down on Well Street. I actually right drove by it. Like I got here really early and just kind of hung out drove around mm-hmm. i drove right by i was like oh that's an amazing place to be because there's another brewery not that far from here yeah hop river is really close yeah. to us here yeah. are they what do you how do you guys feel about them hop Lo- river is fantastic Lovely. Yeah. okay yeah. yeah the people yeah, who are awesome in it people. is um, one of the co-owners is a mash club okay member and they actually helped us when we were getting going as far as paperwork and oh, things nice. like that they like here you go guys here's what we did and they just 
they've been open arms just to help us get going. Yeah. Actually, They're the awesome, whole pro awesome brewing community around awesome. here has been really, really, really helpful to us. Mm -hmm. And everybody's offered assistance, uh, uh, equipment, yeah, uh, you name it. So for Hop River, that's a shout out to Paris and Ben. Those, are, those are the two guys yeah. who. I'm super glad on, so. that like when I asked that question, mm -hmm. you didn't immediately like throw shade. Like, and they're no. garbage no. human beings. No, they're awesome. <laughs> they have great beers. No, um, everybody in the all the all the breweries in Fort Wayne are really supportive of each other, and uh, we we actually have a guild uh, for Northeast Indiana uh, okay. where uh, we we do a lot of. Uh, Mutual well, promotion. the Northern Indiana Beer Trail mm -hmm. is something we're all a part of, which is a, you get a passport, okay. and you go around and you get your passport stamped at all the different Northern Indiana breweries, and then you get some cool swag once you get all the get all them stamped. So that Hop River was actually that. instrumental in putting that together. They so. are. Mm -hmm. Yep. I feel like that's next summer for us. What are you doing next summer? <laughs> I mean, if you work at Hop River and you're listening, you can just uh, give us a call. You can come up. I believe we have another trip planned to drink some beer. <laughs> <laughs> They'll help you with that. <laughs> oh, they, they, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. They will help with that. Whenever I hear "expect everything to take twice as long," that just makes sense to me. Whenever I hear "expect everything to cost double," I'm like, man, fucking double is a lot. So, what does that if look like? If not triple. If, if not triple. Yeah. So, like, obviously, the cost of the brewing system is the cost of the brewing system, and mm -hmm. is most of the extra cost like in construction or in like? Where's I'd it say a lot of it's stuff that you just don't think about. Right. You know, I mean, you have things like glassware to purchase. You uh, you have more tri-clover clamps than you ever anticipated. Right. Merchandise and is this is this space going to be a tap room? Like, are you going to open it up? We will have a thirty uh, seat tap room in here, right. and in the plans is a thirty two seat patio out front. You're sitting at the wall that's going to be the divider between the brewery and the tap room right okay. here. And oh. then, so are you guys planning on initially just working the tap room too? Yes. Yes. Okay. There's four. So of, there's four of us. Um, I think what we're trying to do is, um, I'll, I'll, we're probably gonna be open like three, you know, three nights a week to start with. Sweet. And when we come in, we're gonna try to, you know, since we're all doing this as part time, we all have, you know, full time jobs. We have to maintain. We're gonna probably do a couple batches. We brew a couple batches each night while we're in here. So two of us will be brewing. Okay. So people can see us brewing, and yeah. the other two will be serving the tap room. And then halfway through the night, we'll switch off and do a, you know do a couple batches so we can kind of have everything. So is it, is it always going to be the same? Like the same two guys are mashing and the same two guys no. are, are rocking uh, the, the And barrel? that's where like each of us specializes yep. in a different type of beer and you know everyone mm -hmm. else will play kind of secondary to that person when they're brewing. But, but it's, like especially initially, it's kind of nice that at any given time, the brewer is on hand to like if, oh, I love this beer. I can just talk to the brewer. He's yeah. right there. I mean, he might mm -hmm. be busy. Come on, guys. But well, eventually, we'll all become experts at each other's styles. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, initially, we're going to have to brew eight times a week to keep up with our fermenting space. But right. you bring up a good point. I mean, I think that's one of the cool things that makes us unique, yeah. um, you know, is that we're a company of brewers. Most people are business people that see a market opportunity, you know, in the brewing industry. And we differ in that we're all just brewers that... You know, love good beer and want to put our good beer out there. Though we all we come from a diverse uh, business background, so I mean, we, we mm -hmm. cover almost all the bases in that respect. All right, yeah, it's fantastic, and I think it's also nice, like since you are primarily brewers and not. I mean, have any of you owned uh, your own business before? I have. I did a terrible job. It's not open anymore. Nothing beer related. But yes, I've done the same thing. I I, yeah. I know the feels. Yeah. 
I, have, I started a podcast once. It was, <laughs> it was fine. There was some like hipster kid that would just say dumb things on the microphone sometimes. Uh, See, I've, I've been doing the same thing for about 25 years as my day job. Okay. Yes, I'm inside sales at a manufacturing place here in town. That'll come in handy. And, you know, it'll come in handy. Some of the things, I have a lot of the contacts in the steel industry, things like that that help out. As, as I get older, I start realizing that I don't like answering to other people. Right. Especially when the bosses, bosses change up from time to time. Being a corporation, you end up having somebody who's got six months in the industry that's a boss of somebody who's 20-some years in the industry. And, you know, you do your thing, but after a while it's kind of like, I think it's time to start being the dumbass making the calls instead of some other dumbass making the calls. Yeah, absolutely. With an emphasis on dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I hope, mm-hmm. does, does your new boss listen to the, to the show? Is he a Plato's Gravity? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry, for that insight. You're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, with an brewery, like a lot of times, the the business model is is on like a variety of beers because you can literally just like do whatever, and if you fuck one up, like it's you know it's one barrel, and you're done. Like, mm-hmm. um, you guys plan to have like a beer that I can just count on always being here when I come in, or or is it just going to be all the time rotating? We will, but we're going to let the public decide exactly what the are going to be and and there'll be there'll be a lot of rotation i mean with uh i mean being a one barrel brew house we we can afford to be a little experimental uh we're gonna have a ton of variety i mean we're gonna have 15 fermenters in this place so, I mean, wow. it's, yeah. uh, i mean we're gonna be able to have a lot of variety i honestly see that as one of our biggest strengths as a nano brewery is the ability to experiment and try new things and you know well, that's what people look out, for no big deal they said now today's market that's what a lot of people are looking for when they go somewhere they always want to see what's the coolest what's the you know what's the latest instead right. of the, the same old yeah. and some people want the same old but there's some people who only go there because they want to see what do they got going now right absolutely you we're know, very so. quality oriented so we're not afraid to dump beer if something doesn't right. turn out the mm-hmm. way that we want right and, and dumping dumping 30 gallons is a lot easier than dumping exactly. 30 barrels which, which some folks have to do and that's mm-hmm. that's probably a kick in the teeth and actually as a professional brewer you can actually sell your mistakes to distilleries and uh, they can uh, they can utilize that oh all right yeah, or you can or you can sell wort to poor chaps. <laughs> <laughs> like, why does my beer suck? What's it? it's an extract beer, and those are harder to make. Yeah, anything, <laughs> anything we dispose of legally, we have to account for. So, I mean, oh, all right. So, um, do you guys have like uh, like like bets or side bets? Because you know, you guys all have your own recipes. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys have like, hey, I'm a, you know, like I get two percent more equity if three of my beers are the <laughs> no, core beers. No, 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 no. no, no. We're all equal. We all, the company owns all the recipes equal. I, yeah, so. I meant more like like like, yep. like side gentlemen's bets. I said equity. That was that was that was not the, that was not in the spirit of the question. Like you guys have side bets. Like oh, I bet Jerry's gonna have four of the five cores. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's the barrel age guy, so that's gonna be expensive as shit. I reckon. Uh, oh yeah. 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 No Jerry. side bets. No. And I am barrel aged myself, so <laughs> we're, not, we're not gonna mess with Jerry because he's the one that makes all the technical aspects work around here. So we're gonna leave leave, leave him alone. Uh, Jerry, what's the coolest what's what's the coolest brew shit that you've ever like come up with? I think that's the that's the coolest is a bad way of putting shit. it. Uh, I have a beer I modeled after the uh, rye chips and uh, Gardetto's <laughs> snack mix, which is kind of one of the biggest mash club jokes out there. Uh, humans don't really care for it, but chickens love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> is there a is there a market for chicken beer? Like, there is not. There is not. No. No. Like it doesn't make better eggs. Chickens like have this? a remarkably low buying power. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a cluck. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got Gardetto Rye beer on on the show. But what I meant was like, what's the coolest like brewing equipment that you put together? If you don't answer like a plate chiller or something. You can answer whatever you want. Oh, like, well, the brew stand is right behind yeah. you. I welded the whole thing together. It's fucking badass. Uh, maybe pictures in the show. It depends yeah, on It'll do a little bit of everything. Uh, I, t- I basically took uh, all of the complaints of uh, commercial rigs uh, on about the one barrel, half barrel to one barrel scale, and and put fixes in for everything there, including a mash tun that we can dump uh, and clean out in about five minutes. All right. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, you, you have two kick-ass gas burners down there. Three hundred and twenty thousand BTU each, and uh, we'll be able to reach a boil pretty quickly. Everything is uh, everything is controlled uh, with temperature controllers. Uh, you mentioned you have the Herms coil earlier. We Which, do, and it's a dual-purpose one too because uh, we do some kettle sours, and we'll be able to use that for uh, to maintain a kettle sour at a specific temperature uh for uh you know however long it needs to be 24 or 36 hours all right so that'll you'll have to really load up your fermenters before you uh before you uh, clog up the system with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you just buy you just buy another one right it'll only cost double yeah <laughs> all right what you get going here this peach yeah so we haven't talked about the the, the peach ipa no this, this isn't a peach ipa that's, that's just what it says uh, no it, it actually is is quite uh quite it's, not, it's, it's nothing of the sort trust me <laughs> it's delightful nothing of the sort. I, you I, my my confidence was really shattered because i tasted it and i'm like i don't taste peach i i, I didn't get the honey one right i nailed the october fest so i think actually uh, it also uh so there are two labels on this bottle one uh says peach ipa and it has a date and that's clearly not what it's it's no. very it's sweet malty it's good the bo- the top of the bottle says john so is this is john in the bottle <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's a secret that i'm never gonna is john is john a genie Root for your johns well at least john's here with us in spirit let's just say that spirits ah. so, so i guess it's, a, it's so i guess a, a beautiful dunkel vice and not a peach ipa at least you're closer than a peach IPA. That's good. I'll give you, I'll give you that. What do we got? What are we drinking? It's good. This is a hazelnut brown. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I'm not, I feel like I feel uh-huh. like Jason's given me his cold, and my tasting ability has <laughs> shit through the tube. Maybe maybe you're just bad at tasting. It's all the construction dust in here. You're throwing your sniffer. Yeah, you're allowed to enjoy beer and be bad at tasting it. It's fine. I'm not. You'll probably get more of the hazelnut in the nose than you're gonna in the flavor because it's a very light. Yeah, it's good. Light at light edition, so that's one of those. It's a good cold weather beer for sure. Good fireside type beer. Mm-hmm. Like a nice, it's a nice fall beer. Like the both this and the Oktoberfest, great fall beers. I, yeah. It's one of those things where I thought it was like a brown ale, but like mm-hmm. I never want I never want to call anything a brown ale. Because, well, you would have been right to say that. Ah, uh, yeah, but like. I feel like a lot of times this flavor profile can go with a bunch of different kinds of beers. Mm-hmm. So I those aren't words. Well, the hazelnut can throw it a little bit too. It's a, off of just a typical brown, but it's like yeah. I said, that's more like I said, that's more in the nose. You don't really taste hazelnut in it what so it? much. Uh, hops, hops in this. What are we? Just very little, just bittering. Right? And that's when yeah, it's just going to be bittering hops, okay. which would just be like a typical. And I think in this one might have been a Kent Goldings. Okay. Mm. 
Yeah, I feel like once you suggested the hazelnut to me, mm-hmm. it was it was there. I didn't catch it yeah. um, on the front. Yeah, it's, it's solid. What's the how similar is the malt bill from this beer to the Oktoberfest? A lot different. Okay. Yeah, Oktoberfest is um, all like German German malts, you know, like your Pilsner, your Munich. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some Vienna might be in that one as well. And this one's pretty much all going to be like your English malt. There's going to be some pale two-row, some biscuit. You know, there's a couple other variants and like some victory malt, a couple different nice. things in there. So it's a completely different malt bill than the Oktoberfest. Sweet. I don't, I don't know. Have we used victory malt? Uh, no, we have not. Victory that sounds fucking epic as shit. Victory is actually trying to make something have a nut like flavor victory. to it. Uh, it victory. adds a nut flavor yeah, to it. And of course, your biscuit gives it the bready, breadiness to which it. Is, so. Which is what I, which is what I, what I picked up in the, uh, in the honey lager, right? Yeah, biscuit yep. malt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, biscuit malt. And no, no peaches whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> we just rebrewed this uh, beer with pecans instead of hazelnuts, and it turned out really good. Too, oh yeah, so that, we're excited I, to yeah. Yeah. I, would, I, I feel like. I'm really happy that you guys have this because I think brown lager is super underrepresented in, in in the market. I feel like it's really hard to find a good one. People don't do it a lot. It's. I said brown. Fuck it. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't keep lavishing the beer with compliments. It's all been very good. Question, like technical question. Mm-hmm. I know this is more your domain, Aaron. So I just brewed a beer that was a very heavy fat beer, right? Mm-hmm. And w- what happened? What is the thing that happened? What do you expect with a heavy fat beer? Are you, quiz- are you quizzing? Head retention. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> what do I do? What do What do I do? How do you add when Cold you're crash. adding? Okay. Cold crash, and then the the fat cap will come to the top, and then you just leave that behind. Oh, and then you just siphon off, like, not as much. It literally sits and floats on the top. So if you can cold crash it, either skim it off the top or just rack between that and then the tube and leave that behind. If I have a a beer that I have a little bit of problem with a head retention, I'll just add a little wheat to the the grain bill. Well, actually, uh, the the beer in question, I, I threw an oatmeal during the um during the mash but mm. um it was bacon mm. but that i added in secondary we rolled dice to oh, okay i'm a, it was I, a, I love i make several <laughs> bacon beers so really oh. yeah, so, we should have uh, yeah. called him first so we had to roll dice to determine our ingredients for a homebrew competition for our club how did so you that, do your bacon by the way i actually i actually used bacon jerky Okay. Oh, well. Because uh, I thought mm-hmm. that one, I was trying to make a uh, the ingredients that I rolled mm-hmm. were like, oh, it's a, this is a good IPA, and then bacon. Mm-hmm. So I ended up making a breakfast IPA, which is part of the reason I added oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Was like, oh, that fits with the breakfast theme. Um, and then I thought the the bacon jerky was also like a maple bacon jerky. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's clean. Uh, it's already. I thought when I opened it, it would be mostly devoid of fat. I did. Mm-hmm. It's not. No. It's still super fatty. But See, I oven bake my bacon, so I mean it'll. I mean it'll. I can render almost all the fat off of there, but I'll save the fat and uh, I'll crush my grains, and then I will use the bacon fat to smoke my grains with. Uh, Interesting. Oh my god. And after they've been crushed, by the way. And uh, the infusion, I mean, it, it, you can go overboard with this, so you got to be careful. Because, I mean, the first batch I did literally tasted like liquid bacon. 
I used to, it was just a. You make that sound like it's a negative. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, well, it, 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 uh, it, it can be a negative unless you're doing breakfast at the time, but uh, it, it didn't have a long shelf life. I feel like mixing uh, that with some smoked malts and doing like a Roush beer with that bacon flavor. I love beer. a good Roush beer. Killing. I do too. Yeah. yeah, Daredevil, close to us, who I, if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm a big fan of the Daredevil Brewery in Speedway, Indiana, and they made a Roush beer, and it's, it's sadly gone. It's it's sadly gone from there. It mm. is. It's it's good. I'm not even like a, a super Roush beery type of guy, but it was good. See, I love like a single Roush beer, but I don't think I like. I can't handle a keg of it because I want one, and then I'm like, all right, I'm good from Roush beer. There's there's one other brewery uh, near us. I think Chili Water does a Roush beer, and I'm a huge fan because it's named Smoke on the Water, mm. and I'm a like, for whatever reason, I'm a huge Deep Purple fan. <laughs> so not only do I like the beer, but I can't drink more than one. See, now, I, my, my first, uh, I, guess, I guess my favorite smoke beer would have to be uh, uh, Left Hand's uh, Smoke Jumper. And it's it's basically, a, I mean, it's a campfire smoke. And uh, it's a, it's I mean it, it's a it's a heavy smoke, but it's a non-traditional smoke. Now this this smells fresh. Yes. This is six months old. This smells six months old. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> six months young. We basically set up the show like in before so we could get the first two correct, and then they they, they just planted lies for us. For Oh my god, watermelon? We'll let Dan explain this. So this was the grandma's strawberry pie. This is the strawberry kettle sour. Oh. 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 So my wife is a huge sour beer fan, and she would drink the shit out of this beer. This, yeah. And that's our kettle sours. Our fruited sours is one thing that we've really seen, like, as far as the female market. Right. Absolutely loves our fruited sours. And, I mean, this is one thing that there isn't a whole lot of in Fort Wayne right now. Mm -hmm. And... I, well, I personally love these beers. Like on a hot summer day, they're just super refreshing. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's gonna. I like so for me, like Kelly would like it if you if you hump if you like pump up the acid even a little more. Okay. Uh, the, I, the acidy, pump pump up the acid. Pump up the acid. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said hump up the acidy. It's getting that's right. All right. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> This, all, this beer can also be pretty polarizing, too, right? I mean, right. you get some people who have never had a sour beer before, and they're like, oh, this is beer. Right. And they take a sip, and then they just make this horrible face. Yeah. Like, you know, little, and then you get the other people pucker, that are But it's not, it's not that. crushing you with the pucker. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not right. like... And that's where I wanted, to, I wanted to layer the acids a little bit to get some complexity without just ripping off the enamel on your teeth, you know? Your face does not fold <laughs> right. in with this. I wanted yeah. to just accentuate the fruit character that we're... My dentist there. would like a clean slate. Like, he would really <laughs> like it. Like, <laughs> it. It could be. I'd like, I don't... Maybe I'm making this up, and maybe maybe this is my congestion, but it's a little bit, um, like, there's just enough malt character that it's very... It smells like a fucking pie. And it tastes mm-hmm. a little bit like a pie, <laughs> it does not, however, smell or taste like grandma. No, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Jeff. <laughs> so maybe you guys can try that. Not in year. that I know what that tastes like. Um, we'll take your word for that. Maybe, maybe in year three, when you guys uh, have some room to throw, throw away some money, <laughs> you guys. A little bit of tomato. Yeah. Just, you're just gonna name one later. It just says grandma. Then that's the yeah, grandma. That's a little yeah. bit different. Like <laughs> Geriatric like, juice. This is grandma's IPA. No, no, this is grandma IPA. There's no fucking apostrophe. <laughs> <ass. laughs> it tastes like um, Lennon. And, uh, Agent yeah, yeah. hosiery. It tastes like linen. That's exactly what I meant. That's 
that is awesome. Go ahead. I got to get going. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say thanks, guys, for coming down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank, up. Yeah, up. Th- thanks. We appreciated it. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our listeners for listening to Plato's Gravity. In, in the springtime, you guys should come up and check out Fortlandia. Or if you already live here, just come over and check out Fortlandia. Uh, hopefully, you've gotten a, a sense of some of the awesome beers they're going to have on tap. Uh, if you want to reach out to them, you can reach out to them on uh, Facebook. You can reach out to them on Instagram. Instagram. And, and Twitter. And Twitter. Fantastic. Uh, look at me doing my research before the show. Those links. <laughs> those or if you have an old tire, you can just throw some smoke signals up. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links will be in the show notes. Also, perhaps smoke signaling instructions. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> smoke signaling instructions. The shouts. The shouts. So, uh, if you would like, if you have a question for the show or you want to reach out to Jason or I, you can reach us at podcast at platosgravity.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Plato's Gravity. Um, in the meantime, get out to your local brewery, brew some beer, and have some fun. <laughs>